at this last week, I was reading the news and one of the articles um, was reflecting on the number of people that were um, picking up on the church services that were there. And essentially this article said, will it last? Is will um, the attendance, the online attendance at churches last or will Christianity continue to die? And it's so interesting is, is because for 2,000 years, in terms of time and space, the time period of Jesus' earthly ministry was tiny. It was so small. Just three years in a place where the corners of the world came together. As we think about his life and his time on earth, we recognize that the Roman Empire, more powerful than any the world has ever seen, is gone. The religious leaders who had presided over their crucifixion, they faded into history. But the impact of those three years culminating in the empty tomb are history-shaking For the last 2,000 years, Christians have remembered the life, the death, and the resurrection is followed by the echo of about Easter, and there's an empty tomb. Dies, will they live again? Or like flowers, and then they wither away. Like fleeting shadows, they do not endure. You know, life is sometimes, for the Christian, the last mile of the way is as important as God's, is important testimony to God's faithfulness. For he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Those were Jesus' words to his disciples is, is, I go to prepare a place for you. You don't have to worry because I'm going to prepare a place for you. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, we all walked out with him, which is why um, we sing uh, the song that we sometimes sing by the name of Glorious Day. It, it starts out, you know, with that discouragement. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb until I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All of my failure I tried to hide. It was my tomb until I met you. And then you called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness and into your glorious day. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness and into your glorious day. Just that picture of almost a Lazarus-like moment where Jesus is standing before the tomb and he's saying, come out, come out. And that's, that's just the invitation of Jesus is, is it's, it's that invitation to come into life with him and to come out of death. Years ago, Bill Grather wrote another song called Then Came the Morning. And the words of it are, the dreams that they had dreamed were not what they had seemed. Now that He was dead and gone. The garden, the jail, the hammer, the nail. How could a night be so long? Starts out pretty rough. And then the song says, Then came the morning, night turned into day. The stone was rolled away. Hope rose with the dawn. Then came the morning. Shadows vanished before the sun. Death had lost and life had won. For then came the morning. Then came the morning. Night turned into day. The empty tomb says, he is risen. Now with the angel who is in the tomb, we can say, he is not here. He is risen just as he said. With the women who ran, who who had first gone to the tomb and found it empty and then ran to tell the disciples, we can say, he is risen. With the two people walking on the road to Emmaus, we can say, it's true. The Lord has risen. If you go to the garden tomb in Israel, there's, a small little plaque on the, on the little wooden gate 
by the tomb that says, he is not here for he has risen. This is the answer to Job's question. If someone dies, will he live again? And the answer is Easter. It's the simplicity of the resurrection. Alistair Begg says this because of the resurrection. He says, friends, we have a story to tell. The resurrection is a cry for meaning. It's a cry for freedom because the resurrection reminds us that Jesus really does set people free. Everything else that we think gives us hope is an illusion. And I think that the virus that's going around, the coronavirus, reminds us of this. The idea that we have this vast medical knowledge that can set us free is an illusion. The idea that the economy will always tick along with no bumps in the road is an illusion. The idea that life should be easy is an illusion. But if the resurrected Son of God sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from sin, free from from just the baggage of life. Free to live a life of purpose. It is like Jesus standing and saying, Lazarus, come out, but it's your name that he's saying. And when you're free, because Jesus sets you free, you're free to know that you have meaning in this world. And we have a story to tell. When the world tells your story, it can tell you a lot of lies. But when God tells his story through Jesus for you, it forever changes your story into a better story. You don't get your meaning from your health. You don't get your meaning from your body. You don't get your meaning from your job or your money or from being active. If you do, then this virus, this virus can shake your world. Your meaning comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Your meaning comes from the fact that he loves you and that he sent his son Jesus to save you. Your meaning comes from being forgiven and redeemed and made his. And it is the story that we can own and make personal, but also that we can take to the whole world. It is the Christmas story. It's the crucifixion story. It's the Easter story. And it's not just a fable or a fantasy. It is history. It is his story for you and for me. There's not a single line of the Bible that makes sense apart from the conviction that Jesus has defeated death and is alive forevermore. It's important for us to remember that Jesus is not 2,000 years away. He is here and men and women can still call to him as savior and friend. The earliest church leaders knew this and it's what they proclaimed to the world and it's what we carry as our message today. We're called to be reconciled to God. We're called to put our faith in Jesus and ask for the forgiveness of sin, to be reconciled to God, to have everything else taken away. And and it's the privilege of being able to come uh, to Jesus almost as though we're coming to the cross with all of our sin and all of our baggage and saying, hey, Jesus, would you take it? And because of the cross, he says, absolutely, I'll take it. And he says, I'll give you my freedom. I'll give you that forgiveness that you so desperately need. And we get his righteousness and his goodness and we're reconciled to God. And then we can um, be not just reconciled, but we can almost be able to sing the song that you've maybe heard before. It says, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, just give me Jesus. 
Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have this world. Just give me Jesus. And then it says, when I am alone, when I am alone, when I am alone, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all of this world. Just give me Jesus. And then, and then it says, and when I come to die, when I come to die, when I come to die, just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all of this world. Just give me Jesus. And that's really the, the call that we can respond to. And if we've already responded to it, then it's that just that reminder is, is Jesus, you are enough. And if, if you've never made that commitment, just, you know, Peter is talking to the crowds and he's telling them about Jesus. And it says that the people, that their heart, that they were cut to the heart and they said, what shall we do? And they're really saying, what shall we do about our sin? What shall we do about, about the fact that we're not really free? And he says, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so there's something about just saying, Jesus, I just believe in you and I just trust in you. Earlier, I mentioned several quotes from Billy Graham. There's no collection of famous um, quotes from him that would be complete without one of his greatest explanations of salvation. And here's what he says. He says, I am counting totally and completely on the Lord Jesus Christ and not on Billy Graham. I'm not counting on heaven because I read the Bible or because I preach to a lot of people. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. What he did in, in, in stepping out of heaven and what he did by living that perfect life and what he did by going to the cross and what he did by rising from the dead. And so the answer to all of our questions really is our questions about, you know, what, what can happen? Can man live again? And the answer is Easter. The answer to the forgiveness that we so desperately need is Easter. That, yeah, the Bible says that we're dead in our sins, but we're alive in Christ. That's Easter. That's resurrection. And it's why we're celebrating today. It's why we're together. And so my, just my prayer is, is that we would be able um, to just take so much joy today in celebrating Easter. Not because it's just another holiday, but because it just yells the resurrection. It yells, he is risen and we say he is risen indeed. And as, as we reflect on the fact that Jesus has left the tomb, when he left the tomb, when he walked out of the tomb, we walked out with him. And so as we move to this last song, it's just an opportunity for you um, to be able to, to, to pray, to say, thank you, Jesus. And really in your heart to say, thank you for the cross, but thank you so much for the resurrection. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, then you can do it during this last song. Here's the song. So this song has become one of my favorite to end our Easter services. So if you know it, sing along. If not, you'll pick it up pretty quick. God sent his son. They called him Jesus He came to love 
Bye. 